Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Super necessary. God, Eric, my God! Unbelievable! Just like that! Come and done! You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! You can't say much other than wow. Hello, welcome back to Super Necessary. It's been a while since we've introduced it like that, but for a good reason today. Delighted to say we're joined by the one and only, the Kraken, Mr. Juan Adams. How's it going, man? How you doing? You okay? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just chilling right now. Uh, coach canceled my pad session, so uh, it's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I rest. Yeah. Uh, I've got to ask before we start properly. I've seen two um two different things about this. Is is the nickname the Kraken or is it the chosen one? Uh, the nickname is is the Kraken. So um, right. it's weird. I've gone by the chosen one since I was like twelve, right? Um, it was my MySpace uh, <laughs> nickname, <laughs> and then uh, when I started, um, when I made my first Instagram, you know, a lot of my friends were already kind of just calling me that and um, just kind of stuck. It's weird. It's like it's, everyone gave themselves their own nickname when they were, uh, when they were doing MySpace. But first nickname that was given to me was uh, the Kraken. Uh, obviously, you know, in, in school, people give you nicknames that you don't really stick with, but my first one, the guy that got me into fighting gave me the nickname The Kraken, so it just kind of stuck, and uh, that's what I go by when I fight. Um, a chosen one is what kind of everyone else knew me as before that. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like, I like both. Uh, yeah, I, I had to I asked about that because I was unsure, um, but all good. Um, so, want to start sort of before you started in MMA then, so you had tryouts in the NFL as a defensive lineman uh, for the Packers and the Colts, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, how was that experience for you? I mean, obviously, despite coming away unsuccessful, was that a good learning experience for you? It was cool, man. You know, it it wasn't like the, the tryouts where, you know, you suited up and everything. Like, basically, uh, the Colts were interested in me. So they told me to go to this facility down in Houston, which is where I'm from. So I went down there and they had a lot of guys that were like either trying to get back into the league or like veterans trying to, you know, make a roster or people kind of just staying ready in case somebody got hurt. And, you know, I was working out there. Everything was going really great. The 
Packers came down to evaluate like a group of us. And um like I basically like I found out I really, really love working out. I just don't like playing football. Um uh, kind of the same thing that happened in, in college, you know, I was uh they had me go out spring my freshman year and I just didn't like it. And then they switched me to offensive line, which is uh, what I got injured playing in high school, uh, uh, which is what made me end up wrestling in college instead of playing football. So I just, I, I don't like football. It's, it's weird. Like I like watching other people be good at it from time to time. But even if I go to a, a football game, I just, I get bored. It's not does nothing. It does nothing for me anymore. Um, but I love working out. I love, love training. Um, you know, even when my fighting career is over, uh, I know I'll still be working out uh, to some degree. I I like the way I look. I like, you know, I like seeing. I like modifying, you know, my workouts to make different parts of my body look big or small or whatever. Playing with my weight, just really messing around with my potential I, I love doing that so uh yeah and then after that I was like 320 pounds and I had always said I wanted to fight and a lot of people didn't think I could do it so I was like all right let's, let's go for it so I took an amateur fight just to see if I could even make the weight made the weight and then next thing I know I was like pro UFC doing it all so it was it was crazy <laughs> <laughs> I, I read as well uh, you mentioned college it, you've got a is it a computer science degree yeah yeah my uh my degrees in computer science my minors in exercise science and before they got rid of it i was going to get a minor in philosophy as well but they discontinued that minor so <laughs> i ended up not getting that is is that something to go to when you finish fighting or is you just wanted to no. do it to get it I I do not like the field of <laughs> IT. Um, the thing with computer science, man, is like the stuff I learned at this point, that was eight years ago, seven years ago. Um, it's obsolete now. Like, uh, obviously, like with a couple of refresher courses, like I could be decent at it again. But the fields to go into there, you can do hardware, you can do software programming or software engineering or, you know, basically just programming and programming you don't even necessarily need a degree for any uh anymore these days or you can do it work and while yeah i could easily go and make six figures doing that uh it it's boring to me it's not fun to me the people that i would be around all day don't really don't really click with me and you know, I'm a teacher, dude. I, I like being a teacher. I like being able to help kids through stuff. Um, you know, even the teaching aspect, I enjoy teaching, but I'm more so into just the impact and being able to help kids that are going through the same stuff I was going through and kind of just being a guide for them and, and helping them out and, you know, you know, letting them really step into who they are. That, that's kind of what I'm more passionate about. I was working in behavioral health before I started teaching, and behavioral health was hands down my favorite field to work in. There was just the homes just out here just kept getting shut down. And uh, I do a pretty good job in the classroom, so I'm going to stick with that. Um, 
you, you mentioned there before about about wrestling as well. Um, we we saw the video of you talking about like pursuing wrestling in college and that. And this is like a two part question. So, um, first one is like, how difficult is it to come away from some um to an extent that you've been pursuing for a while, and also what advice would you give to other people that may in may be in that sort of predicament of not maybe not wanting to give something up um like you, you've mentioned there you've, you've done quite a bit as well and you know um what what would be your advice to people in in that predicament uh well like uh the first part was like how was it walking away from wrestling mm. yeah okay so that was that was hard man um that was one of the the few times in my life where i really went all in on something and I didn't reach the goals that I wanted, you know, and, you know, people can look back at it. I started in America, you know, to wrestle division one, most of the people that wrestle division one start wrestling around middle school. Uh, most even younger than that. I didn't start wrestling until I was 14 years old. I was a freshman in high school. Um, and, you know, I was okay in my freshman year, but I really did it because I wasn't going to be on the basketball team. And then I got my growth spurt and it's like, well, I could probably make the basketball team now, but I kind of like this wrestling thing. So I kept wrestling. Um, I was varsity as a sophomore. I won over a hundred matches for in high school. I took fifth in state. I went in an all American at the Disney duels, man. I was loving it. And I went to college and I completely got like wrecked. My coach used to, my freshman year, I remember parents weekend, my coach made me cry in front of my grandma and my mom, dude. It was terrible, but I loved it, man. I loved the aspect. I love pushing myself to the limit every day. Um, and I loved it. And I really wanted to all American at the division one level um, for that. But, you know, I suffer from performance anxiety. I suffered from performance anxiety a lot, uh, imposter syndrome a lot. Like I was like, man, how am I even here, man? I'm not supposed to be here. I wasn't. I wasn't all that in high school. I wasn't. I didn't wrestle from a young age like these other guys. But so when I bombed out at conference, I was the number one seed at conference my my last year there, right? Um, I ended up taking fourth place. Um, horrible for me. And, like, that was hard to deal with. And I had an offer. I didn't really have an offer. The The Army and the Marines had reached out to me about, you know, maybe going that route and trying to enlist or trying to become a part of the world-class athlete program and just be on the, either the Army or the Marine wrestling team uh, for Greco-Roman. And... I just thought at that moment, it's like, man, I just gave the greater part of the last five years of my life to this. Like, year-round, I was in the gym. I was training. I was doing everything I could. I still fell short. And on top of that, there's really not a lot of money in this. So why, like, why am I still doing this? And at the time, man, money was a really big, motivated for me because my mom was diagnosed with cancer in my fifth year of college right um i moved back to houston and that's where the nfl thing kind of 
came into play. I was like, okay, well, if I can make a, a 53-man roster, that's over 400K in a year. Like, yeah, that would be great. And I could, you know, pay my mom's medical bills, whatever. My mom ends up dying of cancer, like, that year. I was like, oh, shit. And I had to resume that responsibility. I had to take over the – my mom was kind of like the glue of my family. You know, she was on top of everything. So I just get this list, and it's just bills. So I started working, 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 and that was kind of why I walked away from wrestling. There wasn't really a whole lot of money in it. I still loved it. I was still coaching. I was still very active with it. Um, but I kind of had to walk away from it. Uh, and my advice for anyone trying to pursue that path is, you know, if that's really what you want to do, wrestling is one of those sports where I won't say you always get out of it what you put into it, but you put yourself in the best position to be successful the more you put into it, right? And there's so many different styles of wrestling uh, and styles within those styles and strategies and all that, like, so if you really want to do it, man, I'd say fall in love with it. And if it's not something you're absolutely in love with, don't do it. Because there's very few people that are just super talented that can be great at something that they don't absolutely love. And that, that would be my advice to, to the younger people doing it. But if it's something you really want to do, man, you're going to find a way to do it. And that's uh, that was kind of my whole philosophy on it. You know, I ended up getting an offer from a division one school at Virginia military Institute and looking if I had known everything that I know now about that school, when they offered me, I probably wouldn't have gone, but I didn't know. All I knew is I loved wrestling and all right, cool. I'm going to wrestle at the division one level. I'm going to do it. And I went there and once I was there, you know, I commit to stuff. So if, if I, I did, I couldn't give up, you know, my mom told me when she dropped me, like, hey, we can't afford to fly you back. So you're, you're stuck here. Yeah. And I just made the most of it. So I kind of took what life gave me and I ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. How old were you at that point? And you mentioned your mom and, and the cancer. How old were you at that point? I was uh, I was 23 when I found out about it. Um, and I found out later that, that like, my family coaches kind of knew about it before I did, but they didn't tell me because they didn't want me to drop out of school. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. You're still very young, aren't you? So I'll have to, I'll have to deal with life and especially yeah. when you're, you're pursuing something like that. It's, yeah, I can imagine how hard it would have been. Like. Yeah, it was really hard, man. And there's, there's times where I still wasn't really over that. I didn't really get over it till about five or six years after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot to go through. It makes you grow up a lot quicker than maybe you would have wanted to, I suppose. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, so you mentioned before you you fought in quite a few promotions now: LFA, UFC, uh, now PFL. Uh, but after leaving UFC, you uh, won the Fury FC heavyweight title. Uh, how, how big of a moment was that for you in your career? You know, it was a really big moment for me. And looking back, I kind of wish I had appreciated it a little bit more. Um, at that moment, I was just like, all right, next thing, right? But it was a really big moment looking back because, um, one, it, it kind of validated a lot of, you know, 
do I still have what it takes? You know, you make it to the UFC, didn't have didn't have the run I wanted there. Got dropped from it. Um, signed with another promotion. That one fell through. So then I'm back on the the regional scene, and it's like, okay, well, I'm walking through these guys, and you know, they're not hard fights, but um, they weren't hard fights for me. But looking back, like I fought guys that were really good. You know, those guys aren't bad. None of those guys are scrubs. So to be able to beat them with the ease in which I did it was a big confidence booster for me. Yeah. yeah. And as, as, you, as you mentioned there, you went from UFC and you sort of come down to the regional scene. As they always say, like there's only one place one place you can go when you go solo and that's back up again, isn't it? So Yeah. Um, so you, you're currently yeah. fighting out of it. Uh, Jackson Wink uh, in Albuquerque. Um, how difficult was the decision? You, you mentioned you, you're from Houston. You had to relocate. Um, how difficult was that? Is that like did you have to like climatize as well with that? Did you? Yeah, man, that was that was a really hard decision because my whole family's uh, down in Houston. That that's been my support system. You know, my my whole life, family is was everything to me. So. And then on top of that, you know, it felt like I was being disloyal by leaving the guys that got me to where I was going. That was hard. And on top of that, you know, I was in a relationship at the time and it it was already on its way out. So that didn't really factor that much into it. <laughs> but, you know, when I moved out here, I was doing so much trying to just cling to that life that I had before I moved out here. And when I finally released everything from that, that's when I really saw a level up for me. And then even moving out here, you know, I don't know. I didn't know anyone, whatever. So I had to kind of reestablish myself within the community, reestablish, you know, myself within the gym. And it was hard, but I, you know, buried myself in the work and I just kept working kept working showing up every day and it made it easier you know the work made it easier physically it was hard but it helped me to transition a little bit better yeah yeah uh, helped you mentally as well with the whole transition and that mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so only uh only one of your fights of ever gone to a decision, um, or the others have been finishes one way or the other. Is is that how you approach a fighter? You're always looking to go in and, fi- and get to finish? Yeah, well, that's, that's it, man. I, I always want to finish, man. And it sucks because, you know, people say I'm, um, I'm kind of boring. Uh, I'm a boring fighter. Um, as I applied more strategy to my fights, they, I either got knocked out or they became more boring or I became more comfortable just, you know, all right, yeah, whatever. I'm here to work. Let's go. And so I took a little bit of that edge off as, as I've gotten older and, and done more in the game. I'm, I'm a little bit more patient in there. Um, but I still like, I'm looking to finish, man. And, uh, it's crazy. It's like people always wonder, like, uh, how I would, I would do in a street fight, man. And it's like I don't fight in the street. One, I get paid to fight, so I'm not going to do it for free. And two, like, if we're fighting in the street, like, 
the ref's not gonna stop. Like I know, I know I'm not going out, so I'm I'm gonna kill you, you know. So that's <laughs> that's just where I'm at with it. Like, and people don't understand like that the responsibility that comes with having the ability to to really kill someone with your bare hands. Like it's not. So that's why I don't I don't do it. I'm I'm a very laid back person outside of it. Like I'll get a little crazy every now and then, but I'm I'm pretty laid back. <laughs> Yeah, the the streets have no no rules, do they? So it's no. There's really no holes bars in the streets. Definitely um, not. So so I wanted to ask you about um you you posted a, a poem called Another Night uh, on your YouTube. And yeah. I was like regarding a break up and that. How did you get into writing poems, and how much did that help you as well? You know, it, it's funny man i've been writing for a while um and i kind of stepped away from it because i started doing it as a as a means to better navigate my own emotions and deal with a lot of the darkness that was going through my head when you know i was losing everything um and you know another night was that's a poem that i wrote when uh, you know, the girl I was seeing at the time having like this unconditional love for somebody and really just needing that assurance from them at that time in that moment and not having it, um, but still like loving that person. Uh, that So that, that helped me through that because that was a really big deal for me. A lot of my life I felt I've dealt with, you know, abandonment and, and rejection and that triggered a lot of those emotions. And so I, I wrote that, but, um, you know, and I had posted it on all my socials and it wasn't really like an indictment of her. It was more so just to, you know, show people like, look, yeah. Like a lot of people see me and they see like, Oh, this dude's attractive. You know, he's young. He's, he's got a little bit of fame. Like everybody, everybody would think that, you know, I don't deal with the same problems as a lot of people, but I do. And it affects me a lot. And now when I write or when I write poetry or I write a long, some, like a, a long form thing, not a full essay, but just writing my thoughts out, it allows me to always have a reference point, right? So it gives me perspective and something to reference through the peaks and valleys of life, right? And people have this concept of, of your best self, right? Your best self, like it's this fixed concept. And that that's not what it is, man. Like your best self is, it can be related to anything. It's how am I handling this in the best way possible? Then yeah, that's my best self. Am I better now than I was yesterday? Yeah, so I'm the best I've ever been. It's not the best I'm ever going to be like my best self is a, is a relative term. So writing uh, allows me to go back and look at these things from a different perspective. And I tell people all the time, like reality, reality is what it is, right? Our experience is how we are experiencing reality through the lens of our own perspective, right? And it's different for each person. So 
the reality is like that's what I was feeling in that moment from my perspective. And um a lot of people like related to it and uh a lot of people, you know, were like, oh that's weird and you know the the girl I was talking to hated it. Uh, so um <laughs> the girl I was seeing she hated it, still hates it. Um and I don't even know if, if we're gonna end up together or not, but it's like as a man, a lot of the times you can't really be fully vulnerable um, with people. Um, a lot of times, a lot of men experience it, and, and it's trauma for everyone, but a lot of times, like, your vulnerability will be used against you, or it'll diminish you, and um, or people will view you as less masculine in, in one way or another. And for me, it's like, I'm very secure in my masculinity. I don't care if people view me as weak or effeminate or whatever like we all have feelings like everyone has feelings and if you can't address them and you can't learn from them and you can't use it as some as content for like emotional content in one way or like to empower somebody else from what you're feeling or relate to other people from what you're feeling then you're going to be miserable because that's one less way in which you can connect to other people. And connection is so important to the human experience. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you think uh, those that have labeled it weird is just people who are struggling with their own insecurities to actually be able to speak and be comfortable speaking like that, like, like you did? Oh, definitely. Um, sometimes it's other people can view it as weird. It's like, well, I would never post that online. I would never let everyone know what I was thinking. And I'm like, I, I don't care. You know, I mm. don't care. There's some stuff that I always keep very close to my chest. Like there's certain things that I won't ever tell people about unless I feel like it's going to help people or empower them in some way. Right. Mm. Um, but part of, you know, being in the public eye and having the platform and the followers that I have is, you know, people are going to look and, you know, I've gone, I've run the entire table with the stuff that I post online. Um, I'm a, I'm a human just like everyone else. So I have stuff and there's been stuff up there that I regret posting and there's been stuff that I probably shouldn't have posted, but it. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Uh, it's just if it can help somebody, it it's made the world a better place for one other person, right? And yeah. that's what I look to do with my platform, and that's what I always look to do in everyday life. Like even if I'm going through hell, like if I don't want to do anything, I know that there's people out there where the best part of their day is interacting with me. And I want to make sure that I can make that person's day a little bit better or I can help that person in some way as opposed to, you know, just shutting everything out or shutting it in and holding it inside and doing that because it does bring me joy in a sense. So if I'm having the worst day, but I know I made somebody else's day better, that's made my day a little bit better. Yeah. 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 That's great. Great way to look at things as well. Um, So more on your YouTube channel then it obviously consists of a lot of different topics that you like to talk about. Um <clears throat> one of the things you mentioned uh, was about journaling. Um in terms of ex- expression, how different is it for you 
you know, from speaking on a video to writing in a journal. And is journal something you'd recommend to people? Yeah, I would. I would recommend journaling to a lot of people. Um, the difference for me is, you know, when I speak it, it gives things a little bit more power in a way, but it also allows you to better understand where I'm coming from because I can, you can pick up the tone, you can pick up whatever. How many times have you sent a text message that got horribly misconstrued, yeah. right? Right? So awesome. when I post my thoughts on something and I post it on YouTube and I go back and watch it later, I can better capture how I was truly feeling in that moment, right? Now, when I journal, man, that journaling is hard for me, man, because there's times where I'm in such a dark place where I just start writing and everything just starts come pouring out. And, you know, I'm five, six, seven pages in and I'm just like, what? Oh, my God, this is this is some dark stuff. Like, So I burn it. I burn that stuff. I don't I don't want any record of that ever. <laughs> People will see that and have me committed. I don't, I don't want that. So, um, but uh, it definitely helps because it, it again, it's that perspective. Because I'll get to writing, I'll get to writing, I'll, I'll hit that pause moment, and I'm like, "Why am I feeding into all this darkness? Why am I feeding in all this sadness? Is this how I want to feel right now?" And it might not be how I want to feel, but the the part of the experience is to feel it, sit in it, sit with it for a little bit, and then make a decision after that. So that's that's what journaling has really helped me to do. It's helped me to slow down my life a little bit and make me a little bit less impulsive. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, so to go into um, uh, sort of more cutting things down and uh, fighting, I guess, um, the next season of of a uh, PFL. How excited are you to? get started with that uh well i i would be pretty excited but they actually um we didn't they they elected not to kind of resign me so i'm going back to whoever now um i'm gonna be fighting you know and i'm still focused i'm still on the lab but you know we just we just couldn't get it done um which is fine you know it was great to have that opportunity to come in not expecting to have a fight and end up being a quarter finalist. Um, you know, it was twice I wasn't expecting a fight that I got to fight. And that's that's a great experience. Would I have liked to be a little bit more prepared next time? Definitely. Um, but I definitely show that I'm up there with the top in the world and it was definitely a great experience. I got to go, go I got to travel to a different country and, and fight and, you know, then the UK used my tax dollars to pay for the queen's funeral. I'm not too happy about that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is, man. It was, it was a great experience and I've got nothing but positive things to say about every promotion that I've ever fought for. Honestly, you know, my favorite part of the, of fighting is getting to interact with, the staff at each of these events because they do so much behind the scenes to make it run smoothly and nobody ever knows about it but those those guys are the real MVPs man they and that's my favorite part is just sitting there talking with them and you know connecting with those guys guys and and, and women of course like it, just connecting with them it's always an amazing experience to just see the human aspect of everything 
yeah, absolutely. Um, so is the have you got anything in the pipeline at the moment? Is is there a fight coming up soon or anything? Yeah, I've got uh one promotion looking to match me in March. Um, my coach is actually my coach and manager are working with two or three other promotions to try and give me something a little bit sooner. Um, I like to fight February, uh, January, February, March. You know, uh, my weight's good. I can make. Uh, I'm ready to go on a week's notice. So, um, I'm excited. Uh, and you know, I look at this as a chance to really, you know, get get back out there and you know show what I can do, show my best self again. Um, you know, and every time I step out there, I want to show something a little bit better. That's what I plan on doing. Uh, I feel bad for the next guy I'm fighting because I'm definitely going to be ready to rip somebody's head off. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're capable of it as well. You spoke about being able to literally kill another man, so we you know you're capable. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when, like, when a new year comes around, do you do you have in mind how how much you want to be active in terms of fighting for that year, or do you just take each one as it comes? I kind of take each one as it comes, man. I, I The way I see it is I'm in my prime, and I'd like to fight as much in my prime as I can. And so um, there was one time, you know, my last fight with the PFL, that was my seventh fight in 15 months, right? I'm definitely ready to, to put that pace out again. You know, I'm ready for it. Uh, if I could fight five or six times next year, I would. Um, it's just obviously picking the right fights and, and getting the right fights. Because, you know, as much as I, I'm old school, man, I want to fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. Like, I don't care. I've already lost, so it doesn't matter to me anymore. I'm, I'm just ready to go. But at the same time, like, fighting a guy that's, you know, 2-0 and or 0-3 or, you know, got an upside-down record doesn't really do much for me for the brand and then other top guys might not want to fight me because you know they lose to me well this is a guy that's you know lost in two major promotions what does that do for me he's not really a top name so there's high high risk low reward for them yeah um, for me, it's not about the reward anymore. It's, uh, I got, I just want to fight now. So that's what I'm doing. And, you know, obviously everyone, you want to fight for a big promotion. I want to go back. I want to become a world champion in some organization, but you know, there's, it's just, it's just when opportunity comes, I have to be ready. And that's what I'm looking at right now. I just want to be ready for the next opportunity. Yeah, I think what's good out there at the moment is is there is so much MMA. There's so many promotions that are doing really good things at the minute. So I think if you're like yourself and you want to fight often, there's always going to be opportunities there to do that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm very excited about it. It's a great time to be a fighter. Yeah, definitely. Um, just to go back to PFL for the moment, um, just wanted to get your thoughts on how they do things. Obviously, they operate very differently to other MMA organizations with the league table and stuff like that. What was your what was your opinion with, with how that was run? Whether did you like the difference with it? I absolutely loved it, man. I loved everything about uh PFL. Only thing I didn't like was elbows, man. It it really hindered my ground and pound. Uh <laughs> if I could have elbowed I definitely would have finished both of those fights sooner. So um <laughs> that 
that sucks. But other than that, man, the the production value is amazing. The staff is is top notch, and I really like what they're doing, man. It's great having the the season format and knowing, um, and, and just knowing when you're gonna fight. And having that point system is also huge because it, it still gives you the incentive to finish, right? But it's not like a fight of the night thing or anything like that. It's just it's it's a really cool way they do it, and Ray's brilliant for coming up with it that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do Do you think it won't be long before we see it like proper competing with the likes of UFC and and one championship? Uh, I do, I do think that they they're gonna get there uh, sooner rather than later, especially with the names that they're bringing over. And it's crazy when you bring in these names from these other top organizations, and they go and they they lose to other guys over here. Mm. That's huge, man. That that all that does is speak to the value and the talent within that company, and it shows that you know it's a fight. Anything can happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so um, I'll let you answer. Uh, ask this one, Keaton. See, I know you were very uh, curious with this one, so I'll let you finish off with this one. Um, so first of all, being life player, just speaking to you and getting life insights, and now you're very, very interesting, fella. But uh, for this one, for some reason with yourself, I, I wanted to do this. So it's something different and by the sounds of it, like it, it's an opportunity for perspective. You seem to be a lot about that. So we, we went back to your first post on, on your Instagram um, and it was uh, dated 10th September 2012. It was a bead bracelet with the chosen one on it. Can you give some insight into that? And how much is how much changes happens from from then until now? Yeah, um, so that uh, that post. I'll still remember it. Um, I was in college, right? And they told me, like, hey, man, you need to make a lot of my teammates or classmates or whatever, like, man, you should make an Instagram. You need to make an Instagram. I'm like, what the hell is Instagram? Like, what is that? Well, it's like Facebook, but it's just pictures. I'm like, then why don't I just post a picture on Facebook? Like, no, man, it's just different. Like, you gotta, you gotta do it. Everyone's doing it. So, I made it and it's like, well, what do I even post? And I'll never, I was in bi- I was in biology class, right? Um, I was a junior and I think I was taking like freshman or sophomore biology because I just switched majors. And I'm sitting there like, what, what do I even post? And we were doing this lab with, um, we were doing a lab on Punnett squares or, or something like that. Something to do with, heredity or uh, genetics and I'll never forget like I just grabbed a bead kit off of off of the bench because I wasn't I'd already finished all my work so I was like all right whatever I can't leave class early so I just went and grabbed the bead kit and I made it and they're like what colors are you gonna use I'm like oh so I just, I really just didn't care. <laughs> so I posted it and I like and I took that photo and I was like, oh look, it's me. Finally made one. <laughs> and um, at that time, man, like I didn't, I don't view myself as like 
a celebrity. Even to this day, I don't like. I'm just a dude that mm. like people people watch. But at that time, man, I could just post whatever, say whatever, do whatever, and nobody really cared. Um, and I look at it like from then to now, like, and then it got to a point, you know, where I became my my team captain or whatever. So I had to be a little bit more, and then kids had started to follow me and stuff so i was like all right i should be a little more responsible with you know saying and doing certain things and then you get to when i was in the ufc and i had to just do whatever for attention and and i hated that phase of my life where you have to like seek attention on there that's that's not my thing um And, you know, it was cool at first. I was like, I just like posting selfies, man. I was like, ah, I look good today. I'm going to post this. And then it got to a point where it's like, I don't need that type of validation. And I was in the UFC. It's like, well, you have to be entertaining. So I was just being wild and crazy. And then it got to a point where I had to really put thought into every little thing I posted. Like, nothing was whatever. Like, I remember in college, man, there were times where, like, my teammates would be picking on me or, like, bothering me or something. I will be sad, and I would, like, post something with, like, my thoughts and write a little journal or whatever. And then I would have to delete it later because it was – and looking from then to, like, where I had the, the embarrassment or expectation around certain things that I didn't want to post to, to now where, like, my whole thing is I want to be vulnerable, give people perspective, like, let them know it's okay to not be okay sometimes, right? Yeah. But I still have to, like, if I have a typo now versus if I had a typo then, I'm getting hunt or however many comments people are like, you're an idiot, blah, 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 <laughs> saying whatever. Yeah. And also, man, I also have to be careful because, like, back then I could, like, post kind of whatever. And, you know, people would would hit on me or whatever. Now when I post, man, I got – if I'm not careful or or um, I don't put the right, like, hashtags or whatever, it could go to the completely wrong group of people and yeah. I'm getting kind of weird stuff. <laughs> So it's different. It's just so different now. And it's cool to think of how it's evolved because, you know, Instagram used to not be a shopping thing. You know, they used to not be able to post videos. It was, there was a limit on how long you could type something or whatever. And now it's just, it's a completely different beast, man. I actually got blackmailed on Instagram. I was like, what what the hell is this? So just from like, being relatively anonymous to now it's just it's different man and now like if i comment on something it goes straight to the top because of the blue check mark so <laughs> I can't even just be like i can't even just be stupid on there anymore and i have to be mindful of what my friends tag me in i'm like hey guys look there's certain stuff you cannot yeah. tag me that is, <laughs> that's a no-no but <laughs> So it's fun, but I have gotten some cool stuff off of it, too. Like, I never thought that I would be able to, like, leverage my Instagram for, like, free stuff or, you know, get interviews off of Instagram. Whereas uh, now it's like I could, you know, I could be doing interviews all the time. I could post reels. I can do whatever. And it's cool. Like, it's it's just interesting how different it is now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great Uh, tool for fighters, to be fair. 
Yeah. The, the, the other thing I had down, and by the sound of it, this is what's coming across. I said, "Can you put down? Can you remember where you was mentally at that point of the of that first post?" And I think mentally, by the sound of it, you're probably free. <laughs> yeah, I was very free, and I was just like, well, "Whatever." Like, like I was. It's weird because I'm still the same person. Like, it's just. It's so different because at that time I was just doing it because I thought it was funny, you know. Oh, look, I'm gonna post, you know, chosen one and some beads on here, and then it was just like all about selfies or whatever. But now it's like I got to be careful of even what I like on Instagram or comment. Like I, I, I follow a lot of spirituality pages and stuff, and like right now it's all about like getting your ex back. So that's what. <laughs> Oh my God. But I still got to be like, sneaky on my eye. how many followers does this page have? I don't want to follow this affirmation. You know, somebody's going to be in my DMs about this, you know? So um, it's just funny. To, and looking at my state of mind then versus now, I can still say, like, I'm, I'm still the same person. I'm just a lot more conscious of what I post how I post it. And I don't even like, like at that point, like, yeah, I liked the attention now. Like I, I hate it. I really <laughs> like, I don't, I don't enjoy it, but I also know that, you know, there are certain people that are inspired by certain things that I post. So I'm very mindful not to just post something like showing off my body. Like, there's going to be a message behind the stuff that I post now. And I don't get to post just to be stupid on my story. I do, but on, <laughs> you know, on in an actual post, like I want those to have some meaning now where I, which is why I haven't really deleted much from back then because it shows the progression of, you know, yeah. where I was as, as a young man to, to now. Yeah. Yeah. Tells yeah. your story anyway. There, mm-hmm. in a way, what, what what you mentioned before, there, like uh, reference points, the growth. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. going back and looking at some of that, I'm like, man, oh, I wish I had that, you know, that enthusiasm for life still. I still, there's sometimes I look at those posts and it's weird now because my students go on there and they'll like screenshot different things <laughs> from my Instagram. And I'm walking, and I'm like, I'm some kid's background in my school. I'm like, hey, man, take that off. That's not appropriate. <laughs> Highly inappropriate. There's one, uh, I have one student that's got like 60 screenshots from my Instagram, and they, she just like rotates them as her background. And I think it's just to mess with me, so I don't really put too much heat into it, but there's some stuff I'm like, that's inappropriate. You need to take that off your phone. Like, that's, yeah. no. Bad. <laughs> you got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, that that was everything we had for you. One. Uh. Really, really appreciate your time. It's been amazing to speak with you, and um, we can't wait to see you back in action again very soon. Oh, for sure, man. Thank you all for having me. It was a great, and, uh, great talk. <laughs> as well as that, mate. Keep being you. Keep keep doing what you're doing. For sure, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time, mate. No problem, y'all. Have a good one. You too. Me too. Take it easy, mate. Later. Thank you. You too.
This is the greatest. I love it. It was super necessary.